Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Alrighty, now he's telling us here that there is a way to walk in the Spirit. God says, I want you to be led by your Spirit, not dominated by your flesh. And so if God says that, that means that there's a way that we can be led by our Spirit. To be led means that there's a guidance that takes place. It comes in and it can overpower your flesh, if you will. The Spirit can do that. But you know what? You have to give your Spirit permission. If you give your flesh permission, it's going to rule you. If I give my flesh permission, it's going to rule me. We have to make a choice any time that the flesh tries to rise up uh, to then counter and act out of the spirit. I had an opportunity to do that on the way to church tonight. Do you think I passed or do you think I failed? Well, I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) No, but I am going to tell you this. I was driving down the road, and I'm, you know, on my way to church, and I have to get here. You know, I want to get here, and I want things in my way. I want to get here. Okay, so I'm driving down the road, and what this uh, SUV pulls out in front of me, and typically you would think, well, that has to be a woman in that SUV. Wouldn't you think that? Well, it was a man. And the man just pulls out and instead, you know, when I pull out in front of somebody, I try to, you know, be thoughtful and I'll step on the gas and go on so I don't hold him back. Do you think this man did that? No, he did not. He pulled out and went slow. And when I pulled out to go around him, I was wanting to give him the what for. (laughs) But I restrained myself from walking in the flesh. Then I got down the road a little bit further And there it was again. And this time, it was a man in an SUV again. Not the same one, but another one. And I'm going down the road, and I'm wanting to get to church. And I go, and there's the man in the SUV, and the lady in front of me, and then me. Well, he puts his signal on, and he's going to turn. But did he turn? No, he goes over a little bit and then he comes back out. So we all have to jam our brakes on. So what does he do? He goes as slow as he can go, you know, in like a 40 to 45 mile speed limit, and he's going slow. Okay, then what happens? He continues to go slow, go slow. It's all right. Turn off. Get out of our way, you know. Flesh is rising up. Flesh is rising up. See, I'm telling you, this is funny. And you know what I'm talking about because you can identify with it. But you see, every opportunity that we have like that, you can either pass or fail. And you can be training your spirit man to be led by the spirit and allow the fruit of the spirit uh, to come forth and be manifest in your life. Well, I'm not going to tell you what I did. Well, I'm going to tell you what I did. (laughs) 
And, it, and I just, and I'm sorry, I failed the test. <laughs> now, can you identify? Okay, I failed the test because when I went by him, I, I, this is what I did. Well, it's about time you got out of the way. Because I wanted to get to church. I had godly things to do. Well, now, I'm giving you that example but it really is how we are. But see, I had the perfect opportunity there, and I've been studying all day about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I can make a choice. It was up to me. There was nobody making me do anything. I could have zipped it and just pushed back in that seat and driven down the road, emotions going wild, but I didn't have to respond. You see, and all of us have opportunities like that. But the Bible tells us to walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of your flesh. And the Bible says that, that your spirit lusts against your flesh and your flesh lusts, lusts against your spirit. So there's warfare that is going on there, just like me driving down the road tonight. And, and you may not think it, and it may, may seem silly, but I have the opportunity, you have the opportunity every day, many times a day, to say, I'm going to be led by my spirit instead of led by my flesh, which allows God's fruit to be manifest in your life. And, and for it to get stronger, in you, for it to grow and develop. If you think about fruit, if you think about fruit, you know that there's different stages in, in the fruit's life, right? You know, you take an apple, you know, it starts out as a seed, then it grows, and then it gets ripe, and then we pick it off the tree, and then we eat it, and then it's sweet, and then it's good, right? Well, so that, that's the way fruit is uh, of the Spirit in our life. We start out with the fruit there. It's already there because when Jesus comes in, the Bible says you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. And the nature of God comes into you. Now, I want to tell you there's a scripture and it talks about if you are a child, a son, the way it says it, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Now, a son uh, uh, has to do and denotes and emphasizes a relationship with offspring to a parent. And it has to do particularly with the nature and character of the parent. And so if you're led by the Holy Spirit then you have the ability to produce the character and nature of God because it's in you as a son of God. It's there. And so as we grow in the Lord and in our relationship with the Lord, then the fruit has an opportunity to mature and grow and be, and be a beautiful thing. Because you see, God wants us to resemble Him when it comes to our spirit and when it comes to the fruit that is issued forth from our spirit. We are to resemble our Heavenly Father. We are to resemble Jesus Christ. We're to have that character and nature. And not when people look at us, they see the character and nature of the devil or the flesh, but they see God in us. And there's only one way for that to happen, and that is that we allow it to develop in us and to increase in us. Amen? Amen. 
So that's really important for us to remember. So God wants us to increase. He wants us to develop and cultivate and grow in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And where I am today is not where I was you know, two months ago or whatever, I should be progressing. You should be progressing in, 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 in God's fruit. Amen. Now, particularly tonight, we're going to be talking to you about developing love, the fruit of love. That's what I'm going to be talking about to you. And in first Thessalonians 312, it says this, The Lord make you to increase and abound in love. And so again, it shows you, you know, as you progress in the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of love we're talking about uh, uh, here tonight, that it can increase and not only increase, but it can abound. And do you know what the word, uh, when when I talk about abound, that, that makes you think of abundance, right? Love abounds. Love increases. Love is abundant. See, not just a little bit, but it's abundant. Okay? And so God says, I want you to increase and abound in love. Now, in other words, you know what you could say? I want you to increase and abound in me because God is love. Isn't that correct? Now, many times when we talk about love, I think we, you know, we, we think how we treat one another, the love that we have for a brother and sister in the Lord, and, and, and rightly so. But I want to tell you the love that I'm going to emphasize and hopefully get into tonight, however far that I get, has to do with more your love for God. The first commandment in Matthew, what did it say? that you love the Lord your God. And so if you're ever going to learn how to love people, you have got to learn how to love God. Now that ability is in you at the new birth, and it increases upon the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? Because the Bible talks about in the book of Jude. uh, Praying in the Holy Ghost. Building yourself up in the love of God. And so when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you have an increased ability to love God more than you ever had before. It was there all the time, but it's just amplified through the Holy Spirit. And so what I want to emphasize to you tonight and what I want all of us to see and understand and grow in is our love for the Heavenly Father. You know, the communion, the fellowship that we can have with the Heavenly Father, the time that we can spend with our God, with our Heavenly Father, with our Lord Jesus Christ, and with our precious Holy Spirit, and coming out of that room, if you will, with God, being able to manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit in particular, this love that we're talking about tonight. You know, Paul said it, oh, that I might know him. How could Paul say that? Paul knew God. Paul knew Jesus in such a way that he was able to write the New Testament, much of it that we read about today. But still he said, oh, that I might know him. 
He had that hunger and that thirst to know God and to walk with God. And that's what I want us to have tonight. That hunger and thirst to walk with God and to know God and never get to the place where we're complacent and satisfied. And we just say, oh, religion as it always is. No, that we're like Paul, that we know him today better than we know him yesterday. You know, there's times... You know, when I get in that sweet place with the Lord where I I want to know and I want to understand and I want to grow and develop in my love with him. And I'll just I, I like to go outside in nature, you know, and I go out in my backyard and I love where we're living now because we have a fence, uh, a privacy fence all the way around. And I can go out there and I can lift my hands. I can pray. I can praise. I can sing and nobody else is looking in on me and I can commune with the Lord Lord this is such a beautiful day that you've made for me I'm going to rejoice in this day I thank you Lord as I look all around here in my yard I see the beauty I see your creation I see these little squirrels that you've created and and how joyful they are and how playful they are and then I watch them Lord and they're going after the acorns and you know different things in the yard saving up for the winter and what's to come and you put that in them God you put that nature in them in his creation And, you know, I just love to go out there and fellowship with the Lord. But, you know, then there's other times in growing in this fruit of love in my life where I might not even say anything. I might just want to be in his presence and let him reveal to me whatever it is. If he doesn't say anything to me, I'll just sit there in his presence because in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence, I find strength to keep me going. In his presence, this love that I have for him and he has for me is able to extend my spiritual walk with the Lord. You know, I want to tell you about a man in the Bible found in Genesis, and his name was Enoch. And the Bible said that Enoch walked with God. Now, if Enoch could walk with God and he was not a born-again Christian man, how much more do you think we that are washed in the blood of Jesus, made righteous because of the blood, set in the family of God, how much more can we walk with God? And, And Enoch walked with God, the Bible says. And the word walk means frequent, familiar, Association. Now, not familiar in a way to where you take God for granted, but familiar in a way that when the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace, that you think you can do that and don't have to be afraid of God that he's going to club you for what you did and said. Because you see, we need to, we need to know the nature and we need to know the character of God because that's what is in us and that we're able to walk in that same way. But here's Enoch. He walked with God. He had frequent, familiar association with God himself. And then, listen to this. And then one day, the Bible says, he was not. Now, what does that mean? He was not. He was with God and then he was not. I'm going to tell you what 
that was not means, it means that he didn't go the way of other people and they didn't find him to be buried. He was gone and God took him. Now, you want me to tell you what that is a representation of? The last day church. God wants a people that will walk with him in a frequent, familiar association. And then one day he's saying, you know what? You know, you love me and I love you. Just come on church and go up here with me. And we're going in the rapture. That's what's going to happen. So you see this love for the Father. We need to have this fruit of love toward the Father. Now, we need to have it for our neighbors and, and you know, our friends and for other people, our brothers, whatever. But the, the, that commandment I was talking to you about a minute ago, it said the first commandment is this, love the Lord thy God. So we need to increase and abound and, and, and allow that love for God to increase. And then out of that, we're able to successfully walk in a loving way toward brothers and sisters and the world and anybody else we come in contact with. And then the Bible says they will know you by your love. See, we're trying to walk in love with our brothers and sisters, and we really don't love the Father the way we ought to. We really don't love Jesus the way we ought. Now, it's not because we're mean and we don't want to. It's that we haven't grown in that way. And you see, what we try to do every week is have a worship experience. This is, you know, a lot of times we call it sanctuary, but it is a worship center. This is a worship center. And so when we come into this place, we want to love the Father. We want to know Him. We want to have frequent, familiar association with the Father and with our Lord Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit. We want to grow in that love. And see, we want to give people that opportunity. And then through, through that opportunity, we take it back into our prayer closets, into our backyards or wherever we are. And we learn to love God more and more and more. And I don't know about you, but I want to grow in that love. I don't want to be a person. Now, I've been serving the Lord for many years, been, you know, ministering um, in this church for many years, but I never want to get to the place to where I grow stale. You know, the Bible says that in the last days, the love of many will wax cold. Do you know what that does for me when I read that? It gives me a reverential fear, not like I'm shaking in my boots, but I respect that because I know if I, all I have to do is stop reading my Bible, stop praying, stop coming to church, and you know what? I could find that same thing happening to me. In the last days, the love of many, love for God, love for the brethren, the fruit of the Spirit of love shall wax cold. That means little by little, here a little, there a little. It's not going to be just all of a sudden you're hot and then you're cold. It, it's, this, it's this thing where you, you're on fire for the Lord in your zeal and love for Him, and then you just find yourself growing a little bit cold. Well, I, I don't think I'm going to read my Bible today, and 
I don't think I'll read it this week. I'll get to it. And then I don't think I'll pray. And I don't think I'll fellowship with God. I'll get to that later. He knows I, you know, he knows my schedule, you know. And then, you know, I don't want to go to church because, you know, uh, that Pastor King and that Pastor Nora, they're just going to preach a long time. And I just don't want that. You know, and you see, it's little by little, little by little. And then your love for God wanes, it waxes cold, and the next thing you know, you look at your spiritual life and you don't even know how you got there. But you see, we want to grow and increase and have abundance of love for the Father. And out of that love for the Father is going to come an abundant love for brothers and sisters and for those in the world that so desperately need it. Folks, if we do not show the world God's love and the love of Jesus Christ, you think the angels are going to come down and do it? Do you think that the, only the, the uh, evangelists and uh, the teachers, that they're going to be the... No, it's got to be God's people in all settings and all walks of life where we can do that, all of us. Not just one of us, but all of us. Amen? All right. Now, I'm going to tell you, uh, God's love is not a natural, emotional love. It's not that way. It's not a feeling. God's love is not a feeling. It's a selfless, sacrificial love. It's demonstrated by Jesus as he's hung on the cross. And you're very aware of that. What did he say? Father, forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing. That's the kind of love that we have to have if we're walking in the love of God if we have that fruit of love in us, that we can look at other people and we can say, I love them anyway. Do you know that God wants us to love our enemies? Can you believe that? Can you believe that he told us to love our enemies? Our enemies try to hurt us. They say things about us. They try to work against us. And God said, in the middle of that, don't use this natural human love to try to overcome, you overcome their hate and persecution and everything else with the love of God, that fruit of my spirit, that character and nature of mine that is in you. That's how you'll overcome. That's how you'll overcome. Amen? I don't know about you, but I, I do want to be a person that overcomes. Jesus gave his life for sinners. You know, the Bible talks about, well, you know, it's, it's a good thing if you, uh, you know, if you'll lay down your life for your friends. But he didn't lay down his life for his friends only. He laid down his life for his enemies. Now, what, what about that? That's tremendous, isn't it? Jesus personified love. You know what he did? I just started thinking about what he did. He fed people that were hungry. He healed people that were sick. He didn't condemn people that were wrong and sinful. Now, he didn't condone their sin, but he didn't condemn them. He said, get up and don't sin anymore. That's the love of God. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. He didn't give up on people. You know, a lot of times, I'm tempted to give up on people. You know, you see them, they'll, 
you know, they'll walk with the Lord and then they don't and then they, you know, you depend on them and then you can't and, you know, there's all of that. And, and we have a tendency in our human nature to give up on people, but God doesn't give up on us and thank God for it. How many times I stumbled? How many times I didn't do what I needed to do? How many times did he have to correct me? But he didn't give up on me. And I know you're like me. You could say he didn't give up on me. And see, he's our example. We're to resemble him. We're to have his character and nature. And we don't need to give up on people. Now, I'm not saying be gullible and put yourself and, and others in a position, uh, uh, you know, that you shouldn't. Because you've got to be wise. But just don't give up on people. Just believe. Somehow, some way, God will be able to get through to them. Amen. Jesus personified love in that he did this. He sought the Father's direction and will. Now see, if we're walking in the love of God, you see, Jesus said it one time. He said, well, you know, he said, it's like this. I don't do what I want to do. I do what the Father says to do. What he tells me to do, that is what I do. If he says take a left, I listen to the Father and I take a left. If he says do something else, I do what the Father does and says. And so if you're going to have the nature and character of God and this fruit of love, then we need to do what the Father tells us to do. And if we're disobedient children, we'll get in trouble. <laughs> you know what happened to you when you were a child? You know, the Bible says that God chastens those he loves. Well, I know that. You know, I had an aunt one time, and she did this, that, and the other, and God gave her cancer. You see, I don't believe that. That's not the chastening of the Lord. When you correct your children or corrected them, you didn't do something that was going to damage them. You did something to correct them, to help them get on the right path when they were off. And that's what God does to us. He doesn't give us things he's redeemed us from. So we don't need to be thinking uh, wrongly there. But God does chasten those he loves. The Bible says it. If he doesn't correct you, he says you're a bastard, not a child. That's his word. That's what he said. And so, if we've got God's love in us, we can receive that correction. And you know, there are times that we have to correct. Well, our children will be a good example of that. If you really have the fruit of the Spirit in you, you're going to love your children enough to correct them, to discipline them. Do you, and I'm going to lay a heavy on you right here now. Get ready for this. Do you know that even in the church, the local church, that there's correction that needs to be ministered? And if you love the people, the sheep of that flock, do you know that you have to correct? You have to correct. And see, that's the love of God. But we're saying, oh no, you can't say anything. You, the Bible says, speak the truth. How do you speak it? In love. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's discipline for your children. There's discipline for you. There's discipline for me. 
and there's discipline in the house of God. If you really love, that's going to take place. If you really have the love of the Father in you because the love of the Father is going to urge you to help people get things right and get back on the right track. Now, it really is true. We've seen it for years, over and over again. You know, people, you know, get off track, get into sin, you know, commit adultery and whatever and whatever and whatever. And do you know it's easy for us to turn our head and say, well, you did it, live with the consequences. But you know, now, look, I'll just tell you this. We don't know everything that goes on in this body. We don't know about everybody. And so if you're thinking, well, you didn't do anything... If we don't know, you can't do it. But, you know, when you do know things, you do because you love. You've got God's love and his character and nature in you. As a pastor, you're going to help take care of that to the best you can. But you know what? And we've helped people and we've se- they've responded to the correction and to the love of the Father and the love of the leadership. And, and we've spoken the truth in love, not to hurt and harm and crush people and wound them beyond their ability to get back where they need to be. But we've seen people and they've been totally and completely restored and it's because of that love. Because of your love, Lord, because of your love. See, somebody cared enough to help people get back on track. And to get back where they need to be. But I'm going to tell you, some people don't respond to that kind of love. And we've had people here in this body, and they, they wouldn't listen. You know, you try to take them through a restoration process to help them get back. Because I'm going to tell you, if somebody sins and tomorrow they tell you they repented, don't you believe that they're restored? Because they are not. They might have repented, but restoration is a process. And we try to take people through it, that discipline, you know, that love of God process, they won't respond. And you can't make people. But you know what we do? Well, you might come here to church, but you are not a member in good standing. And you, because why? Because of us? No, because you and God and the authority structure that God put in your life, you won't respond to it. So it's not up to me. God, here, they're yours. Do something with them. It's up to you. They can be out there wandering and floundering, or they can be receptive to the love of God. I just got way off, but maybe not. What do you think? Maybe not. I don't know. What do you think? Maybe not. Praise the Lord. Now, the Bible says this. We're not going to turn to this scripture, but it says we are partakers of his divine nature. That means that we can be a part of receiving the divine nature of God. We're human, but we have the ability to partake or be a part of God's nature His nature in us. We don't have to be the devil. Even if it is that time of the month. Or our hormones are raging. Or, you know, we've got bills and how are we going to pay them, guys? Or your wife wrecked the car. We don't have to be the devil. And we don't have to let that 
flesh dictate, we can exemplify and walk in this divine nature that God gives us. And the one we're talking about tonight is the ability to be able to love. Amen. God's love guides us to love our declared enemies. Now that's amazing to me and natural love will not do that. Amen. God's love is unchangeable. Man's natural love, oh my, our natural love is just so fervent. It's just red hot as long as circumstances are a-okay. And then when circumstances change, man's natural love, we don't even, it doesn't even resemble love anymore. You know, we've been married for 20 years or 30 years and, you know, they put on a little weight, a little hair comes off the head, you know, a little trial in the relationship. What happened to love? It's out the door because that's natural. But you see, if you're operating and functioning in the love of God, which is a sacrificial love, a selfless love. See, natural love is selfish. As long as you look good, as long as you act good, I'm going to love you. Well, everybody, the world does that. But God said, I want you to love when they're unlovely. Amen. We live, I'm just going to say this and I have no idea why. But I guess it's God. Remember, I asked him to use me. But I just think in our world that, that our world looks too much at the outward. You know, too much. Now, I, I, I'm a person, if you know me, I like... I like to do all the girly things, you know, guys, you wouldn't know anything about it. The nails, the hair, uh, you know, the clothes, the shoes, you know, the makeup, all that kind of thing. I like that. But I also know that you can fix all that up and, and you can just be putrid inside. And see, the world just looks too much on that outward and doesn't deal enough with the inward. And see, that's what God wants us to do is get the love on the inside of us that, that doesn't dictate to us, well, you can love if this is right and you can love if that is right. No, he said, you love with my kind of love and you love even when those things are not right out there. What you're seeing, even if they're not. And I'm so thankful for that, aren't you? I mean, I really am. God's love is unchangeable again. When kids are rebellious, we can still operate and function in the love of God. Not just natural human love, because your natural human love, yes, you're going to love your children. But you've got to switch over and go beyond that into God's love. Amen. People disappoint us, and they let us down, and they forsake us. But we don't forsake them. We continue to love people. And we, we're able to do that because we have the character and nature of Almighty God, the divine nature of God in us. And we're able to do that. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I talked just a little bit about this, but I'll just say it again. God's love is sacrificial. It sacrifices. Well, you say, well, you know, I sacrifice for my kids and I... Well, yeah, and that's natural sacrifice a lot of times. But then, you know, or, or a wife might say, well, I'll sacrifice for my husband. 
uh, or a, a husband might say, I'll sacrifice for my wife. And, but there's something about God's sacrificial love that goes way beyond the human understanding of sacrifice. You know, I've heard people in the past, now listen to this, I've heard people in the past and they'd talk about, you know, their sacrificing in that a woman, maybe she um, works, um, you know, so hard, maybe even two jobs and her lazy husband is on the couch asleep. That's not God's love and sacrifice. God's love will get and kick him in the rear and say, get up and take care of your family. Whoa! Well, now we could reverse that and we could use some other examples too. You know, the man goes out and he works all day and he works hard and he comes home and it's supper time and his wife doesn't work and she's laying around eating chocolates and watching whoever. And the love of God, get up off that couch and go cook me some supper. <laughs> In love. You see, some people call sacrificing, though, things that it's foolish. It's foolishness. The love of God is not foolish. It's wise. The love of God is wise. So, you know, when women come to me and they tell me those kind, but I sacrifice because I love him so much. Well, if you really love him, you'll do the right thing. And if that man really loves that woman, then he'll do the right thing in the love of God. Because the love of God, remember we talked about a minute ago, disciplines or chastens or corrects or whatever. We need to get, we just need to get a, a thought of that. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, I've just went everywhere tonight. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 13, 6, it says, Love rejoices when right and truth prevail. Now, that's the God kind of love. Love rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love rejoices when injustice is dealt with. That's God's kind of love, and we need to know Him as that. Amen? Now, I want to switch over a little bit now, and I want to talk to you about d developing this love to the Father that I began talking to you about a few minutes ago. We need to pursue loving the Heavenly Father. We need to pursue the communion and having that time where we can spend with the Lord. We need to pursue that. And, and you know, there are times when um, there, there's this old song and it's called, I Just Steal Away. I Just Steal Away in Prayer. Do you remember that song? I don't know all the words to it. I don't remember it. It's very old. But there are times when I just have that desire to be with the Lord, to fellowship and have that communion where I want to steal away. And see, that denotes to me, get away from the hustle and bustle of the world, even of your home and everything that's going on in there and just pull away and be with the Lord. That's so important to do that. It's so important. And if you're not used to doing that, I really encourage you, just take times. It may be awkward at first, but just take time to do that. Those of you, maybe you've been uh, in a place where you used to have that communion, and maybe it's something that you've given up or you know, let wane in your life, I would really encourage you to seek the Lord and seek that fellowship with Him. Amen? 
Matthew 7, 22 and 23, Jesus was talking there and he said, you prophesied in my name. You cast out devils in my name, but I never knew you. I, I've read that before and I thought, how could that be? They cast out devils? They prophesied? See, if you look at that, that could be a person who's operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we're talking about, you know, that we just finished a series on. Think about that. But they never developed and cultivated and increased in their love for God. I never knew you. I never had that frequent familiar association with you. You were out here running everywhere doing all this stuff, but you never took time to be with me. And see, we can do a lot of works, but if you want power, if you want power, you've got to be connected to the power source. And that's God the Father. Amen. So he said, I never knew you. In the Greek, it means to know by experience or effort. It means knowledge as a result of prolonged practice. Knowledge grounded in personal experience. God said, you did not know me based on knowledge grounded in personal one-on-one -on -one experience with me. That's not how you knew me. You knew me through this way and you knew me through that way, but you didn't know me experientially. And so, see, we've got to get to that point where we know the Lord. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. In 1 John four eighteen. When you love the Lord, that means you just completely depend upon Him. You completely can rely upon Him. You know, just think about it. Your children may be to you or you to your parents or whatever. You know, uh, if you're going through a difficult time, you could just go and, and, and I could just be with my dad and I could just sit real close and just lay my head on his shoulder. I had that kind of relationship. Well, how much more should we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, with the Heavenly Father like that, to where we can go in and sit and put our head on His shoulder? We need to have that kind of relationship, not be fearful and timid. 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. Now, listen to me here for just a few more minutes, okay? If you really have that love relationship with the Heavenly Father and you have communion and fellowship with Him, you do not have to have fear in you. What? Fear of failure that He's not going to provide for you. Fear of tomorrow. Fear that you're not going to make it. Fears of all kinds. You see, the Bible says fear has torment and you're not made perfect in your loving God if you fear. You see, I've told you many times how, you know, years ago, I really had to deal with fear. And when it all comes down, I knew the Lord, I knew Him from the Word, but I really didn't know Him and, and abound and, and, and increase in this love and communion and fellowship that I have now. Because now I do not fear. Now, am I tempted? Yes. 
Everybody is. But I, I had a fear that would grip me, that would hold me. And it was a fear. Will God send me to hell? Well, no, not if you take his provision and what he said and told you to do, to be born again, to accept him as your Lord and Savior. He won't send you to hell. He's not sending you anyway. You choose hell. You know, it's up to us. But you see, I had this incredible fear that would just hold me, paralyze me, if you would. And see, then I began to grow and I began to see that the Lord is on my side. I don't have to fear anymore. God loves me. Who can successfully be against me? People might be against me, but they can't be successful. In the end, God's love for me and my love for God will see me through. I will overcome. And you know, the Bible says we're more than conquerors. How? Through Christ Jesus. And so the love that God has for you, see, it says can... Can height or depth, can all these things separate us from the love of God? No way. And so because nothing can successfully stand against God's love being released to us, then we don't have to fear because man can't be for us and we will overcome. We are more than conquerors. A conqueror overcomes. We are more than conquerors through Christ. That's what the Bible says. And when we remember how much he loves us, how, what kind of price he paid for us, then we can get the fear and torment out of our life. Am I going to make it? You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Because the Lord is on your side. He loves you. And you're growing and developing in this love for him. And then so you can cast out the fear. Cast out the fear. No, devil, you're not, you're not putting that thought in my mind. I'm not fearing. Because I know my God loves me. Now see, in order for that to drop down in your spirit, you and I have to be people that spend time with the Lord in communion and fellowship, the frequent familiar association that I talked about, like Enoch. We've got it. And see, you can do that through the Word, too. Did you know it? It's not just, you know, you, in a prayer time or a worship time, but in the Word. Take your Word into that place. Take your Bible in there. And just, God, I just want to fellowship with you today. Speak to me through this book. Come alive to me through this book. And you know he'll do it? He will do it. Amen? And so we can see that there is no fear in love. There is no fear in God. There is no fear when we, we, we are developed in this fruit of love. There is no fear. We're fearless. Doesn't mean we're foolish, but we're fearless. Amen? And it says, fear has torment. You see, God wants to give us the ability to get away. You know what torment means? Punishment or judgment. God wants us to be out of that mode and receive his love. He that fears, now listen to this, is not made perfect or matured in love. 
So when fear's there, we automatically know that we're not where we need to be in love. And we're all growing. Amen. Amen. When there's no relief from fear, then maybe we need to think about our love towards God. You know, that needs to be cultivated and grow and develop. Amen. In Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, let's turn there. I'm getting ready to close, so hold on. Hebrews 13, verse number 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Now, I want us to look here. We're talking about that love relationship with the Father, growing in that love for Him. And this will help you right here. It, it's helped me tremendously. It says here that I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, I want to tell you something. In our darkest hour, at the midnight of our life, he said, I will not leave you. Your best friend may leave you. Your husband may leave you. Your wife may leave you. Your children may leave you. But you have a promise. I have a promise. I will not leave you. That is the Lord saying that. I will not leave you nor forsake you, abandon you. Now, if we fellowship around the word with the Lord, if we have issues like this and we have the fear and not able to relate to God and, and, and you know, uh, because of what's been preached to us or what we've thought, even though it may be unscriptural, if we just get into uh, the word of God in our fellowship time with the Lord and see that, Lord, you've said this, you'll never leave me. Lord, I'm going through a difficult time, but I am so glad you are here to hold my hand. You are here to give me the courage and strength to press on, to take another step, to face tomorrow, to face the next five minutes, whatever the case is. Now listen to this. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do to me. See, we fear so many things, uh, you know, and I, I could just say a hundred things right now, but we fear so many things. But he's telling us here, he said, I am your helper. Do you know what helper means? The one who runs to another's aid to rescue You know, if we had a car accident and someone, you know, was hurt in an accident, someone would come and rescue. And sometimes they have to take what they call the jaws of life, cut the person out. And they come to aid and rescue and not leave them in that mess that they're in. God says, I won't leave you in a mess. I'll rescue you. I'll bring aid to you. Now, see, I don't know about you, but what that does for me is that makes me become more confident 
and secure in God's love for me. It makes me want to be in his presence because I know when I get in his presence, when I commune with the Lord, when I walk with the Lord, that he is going to be there for me. I'm going to be there for him like he needs me. But he's going to be here for me. He's going to be my aid. He's going to be my rescuer. He's going to be my conqueror. He's going to be the one to show me love when everybody else is so unlovely in life sometimes. You know? And so, would I go into that personal time with the Lord? I would run. I will run into that place to be with the Lord and pull away from the affairs of life and from everything that goes on to try to steal and rob the character and nature of God. We need to get into His presence and we need to grow and develop and increase in His nature. You see, a parent... Uh, you know, many times uh, somebody will see their child and they'll say, that child resembles you. There could be no greater compliment for us or the Heavenly Father to say, that child re resembles the Heavenly Father. That daughter or son resembles me. What a compliment. And see, I don't know about you, but I want that in my life. Now, I want to grow in the love, and the other aspect of love is to, you know, uh, the, the fruit of the spirit of love is loving one another, and that, that's a real valuable thing to be talked about. But that's just not where I was led to go to tonight. It's more in our loving the Father. And out of that love coming uh, the nature of God that flows out into a world that is so needy, whether it's in our backyard, the next door, our family, whoever, we, we, we need that so badly, don't we? Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora. Pastor Nora.